Hello there, Tea Crew, and welcome to a brand new episode of Tea Talk with Sha. Today, we're talking about all the topics that have been all over social media and the internet, and we're also going to be doing a deep dive into a person who scams a lot of social media influencers going under the hashtag Surviving Sophia. So you're not going to want to miss this episode. Stay tuned. All right, tea crew, this tea is piping hot, so let's get straight into it. So the first topic, Ari Lennox was detained in Amsterdam. Now, Ari is doing a tour right now. She was just in Connecticut. Um, she was in New York. She was on Jimmy Fallon with Summer Walker. So she's been all over promoting her new project and touring her new project. She said she was really excited to tour in Europe. I think this is one of the first or second times that she's been able to tour in Europe. But in either way, it's been a long time since she's been able to go over there and share some of her music with her European fans. Well, it looks like at the airport, Ari was racially profiled by um, an agent that was working at the airport and she was racially profiled. I guess she got upset about her racial profile while she was in line at the airport and after you know making a comment about being racially profiled she was actually detained Ari took to her Twitter to basically you know tell her fans what had been going on I'm sure her European fans were expecting her to perform and um, all of that must have gotten slowed up with her being detained at the airport and her racial profiling she says she never wants to come to Amsterdam again um, people took to the comments to give her support, um, where it was posted, you know, whatever is posted in Twitter obviously ends up on the shade room <laughs> and Instagram and other outlets. And people saw that, you know, she had been detained, that she had been racially profiled and they just felt terrible. Um, and they offered their support to Ari and Ari really, you know, she's expressed in her tweets that she's sick of this. She's sick of being profiled. She doesn't like it, you know, going to other countries where you just feel like you're going to have a great experience and then you don't really have that experience. It's crazy. Like, um, Jason Lee of Hollywood Unlocked was also arrested in Paris and he had a situation. So you gotta, you know, some of these European countries, people that are celebrities and stars, they go over there expecting the same treatment that they receive here. Um, you know, with being famous. And a lot of times they're not familiar with who they are, their music or whatever, and they get treated just like regular black folks. And it's just so disheartening to think that money doesn't stop you from having these terrible experiences that we wouldn't wish on anybody. So, you know, we're just wishing her positivity and the best of luck that whatever this altercation was, um, you know, at least they got it settled out and that she'll be able to continue the European leg of her tour real soon. All right, let's move into this next topic. Krishan, um, Blueface artist has been dropped from his label and there are apparently a ton of other allegations. So let's get into it. So let's start at the beginning. Jonathan, aka Blueface, did some content for OnlyFans. And this was basically like a bad girl's house that he was doing himself as an artist. He was bringing different women from all over the country to stay in his home and do different challenges and different episodes and stuff like that. 
And this was being posted um, as paid content on his OnlyFans account, right? So this was actually a pretty big success. A lot of people bought his OnlyFans subscription to watch um, this house of Bad Girls Club. There was always fights in the house. There was, you know, makeshift challenges. But it was basically just him running around with these young women and the young women fighting and um, just kind of like, creating content in the house but it was also chaos and drama all the time so after that season ended he ended up um meeting a young lady that had came on the show her name was Krishan and she basically uh was also was a music artist Blueface liked her he signed her and so when he signed her, she stayed in the house with him and they began to work on music. They went to Rolling Loud together. She put out a couple singles, I believe. And so they were getting her um, her music career started off the back of this kind of reality show. Now she's becoming a musical artist for Blueface, right? So Blueface works with and is managed by WAC 100. Now WAC 100 is an industry mogul, a businessman, and he's also a um, blood, you know, he's open about his gang affiliation and stuff like that. So, he, you know, he's heavy in the streets, but he's also a businessman and he also knows a lot of music executives and things like that, getting people into the musical industry and getting their music out there and stuff like that. Like his name carries a lot of weight. So he's working with Blueface now, apparently, allegedly, according to uh, WAC 100, Krishan had been dropped from the label about 30 days ago. And at when, they, when she was on the label, she was living in one of their houses or apartments or something, and they were giving her housing as part of her working with them and them having a working agreement for her to be recording, doing music videos and stuff like that, you know, so they were providing her with housing based on her being one of their artists, right? When they weren't, when she wasn't one of their artists anymore, they allege that they kicked her out of the home that she had been living in and everything had been cut off from that point. Well, Krishan says that she was not kicked out. She said she was only dropped a couple weeks ago. And until then she had been living in the house almost over a year and everything just came to a head um, over this long holiday weekend. She had locked herself in a bathroom and went live on Instagram to let people know that she did not feel safe in the house. She'd been um, threatened in the house to be dragged out. Um, her sister and other people that were concerned about her called the um, the cops in the area because they weren't near her. And so the cops came and basically asked Krishan if she had any proof that she had been living in the house, especially within the last 30 days. So she was able to get some mail from the mailbox that had came to her at that address. So that was kind of like, you know, proof of occupancy. And then, you know, she had a few things there, but she didn't have any clothes there. She said that she had been set up. They took out her clothes. They took out you know, the things, the personal items that she had in the room. And it really made it seem like she did not live there. Um, and I guess it just really got WAC 100 frustrated, who is trying to, I guess, clear out the premises of any, you know, artists that are no longer working with Blueface and stuff like that. So, you know, that he just wanted her out of the house. Um, 
I guess at some point, Wack ended up losing his patience with the situation and, um, you know, began screaming and yelling. Blueface himself actually showed up at the altercation and he was just kind of like confused as to how it got so hot. I think a lot of people felt that way, but the issue in my mind was when Krishan went live in the bathroom saying that she didn't feel safe. I think that's when WAC 100 went over to the home and was like, what's going on in this house? Like, this is my artist owns this house, Blueface. So why is there somebody locked in the bathroom saying they don't feel safe? Now, Krishan also alleges that Blueface was abusive to her. And I did notice in the second live that she did have some large scratches on her legs um, I don't know if they're recent or not, but it did look like she'd been shoved or pushed into something. She has some large scratches on her legs. So she was claiming that he was getting abusive. And that's another reason why she locked herself in the bathroom and that he had always kind of, you know, was verbally abusive, but just always kind of abusive to her and their relationship had a toxic nature. So, you know, family and friends want Krishan to get out of the house, but at this point, I don't think there's any place that she can go. And it just, it, it literally just gives me deja vu to a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the Danny Lay, the baby situation, where I was just like, you know, one of the things we have to learn from this, especially as artists and women, is that you have to have something in your name. If you want to go over there and kick it with him or whatever the case is, make music, you should always have a place that's yours that you can fall back on, especially when you know who you're dealing with, these volatile rappers who love you one minute and then the next minute they just don't want to hear from you. They don't want to be bothered by you and you're nothing to them. Um, you know, so the situation is actually still developing. So we'll see as of right now, um, recording this, uh, Krayshawn is still in the home. WAC 100 is basically trying to drag her out of the home. And it seems like Blueface doesn't care either way. So we'll keep you updated on the situation as it progresses. All right. On something lighter, Nicki Minaj hosted the Potomac reunion and it was fire flames y'all. As we all predicted, Nicki did breathe new life into the reunion and I'm sure the ratings will reflect that. So let's get into the biggest reads of the night. Um, Nikki read Ashley Darby for basically just giving birth and then running behind Giselle to spill the tea <laughs> about Wendy's marriage. So basically, if you don't watch the show, what happened was Ashley Darby just gave birth to another beautiful little boy with her husband, Michael, and she was on the show directly after giving birth. And I think they said it had only been, I don't know, a couple weeks or so the girls all went away and I guess, you know, as Nikki alleges for a storyline, Ashley quickly, um, packed up her things, left her newborn baby and went to get messy, um, on behalf of Giselle. What do I think about it? Yes, it was a read. Yes. I do think that Nikki was correct. I think that Ashley literally did that to have a storyline and have something to say, but honestly, we've seen this happen many times before. I mean, look at, um, the young lady from, I can't think of her name right now, from Real Housewives of Atlanta. She had kids back to back. And then the next thing you know, she wasn't on the show anymore. So when you're pregnant and you're having a child and you're not able to go to all the different events, you have to kind of insert yourself where you can to make sure that you still have a storyline. So I think that's what Ashley was doing there. So, you know, was it a read? Sure. But I think it was also accurate. 
Now, Candace and her singing ability was also on the chopping block. Nikki asked Candace to sing, and she also asked Candace, you know, what are your stats in this business? You know, what are you pulling in? What do you expect to be pulling in? What are your numbers looking like? And Candace, you know, she really didn't seem to know all of her stats the way you would think somebody who's really serious about being a musical artist would know their stats. I know this made her husband, Chris, very upset um, at Nikki for asking these kind of questions, but you know, this could have been an opportunity for Candace. Had she been prepared, this could have been an opportunity for her to really shine in front of a music legend or a mogul or whatever you want to call Nikki that could have helped her in this situation. Um, you know, to, you know, really get her music career and her singing kicked off had she been ready with those, um, statistics and those numbers so you know it's like you know certain times you really need to go ahead and have that together and the name just came to me guys Eva Eva Marcel that's the one that kept having kids and eventually just you know Real Housewives of Atlanta was like if you don't have a storyline you gotta go um so it happens all right so Nikki tore into Mia about not wanting to be called a stripper and Mia called herself an entertainer so it you know, Mia has said in not so many words that yes, she was a dancer, um, at one point and she preferred to call herself an entertainer. Um, and I guess where she was working, they were serving real meals like steak and whatever. I mean, I'm not, you know, huge into strip clubs, but I know they have buffets and they have food there. So just because you work at a strip club doesn't mean they don't have food there. I'm not really sure where that came from, but it's me as truth. If she wants to call herself an entertainer versus a stripper, I really don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, I don't think she's being, you know, shady about not wanting to say what she was involved in. I think she was pretty clear in what she was involved in. That's how we all got the picture. <laughs> you know what I mean? So now she wants to call herself an entertainer versus a stripper. I really don't see anything wrong with that, but you know, that's just me. And last but not least, Wendy's husband following booty models. Now this is very interesting to me because Wendy did come off insecure in this moment. She was looking at Nikki's cars when she went to the bathroom. She was doing all this shady stuff because she wanted to control the narrative. At the end of the day, you know, she doesn't owe it to anybody to explain why she got her surgeries. She looks great. Um, if she was insecure about some of the women that Eddie was following, maybe she was, but I mean, like they all clarified time and time again on this season and the reunion that the cheating rumors were just rumors, you know, made up by a blog that wasn't reputable and all the girls kind of just brought the story around for a storyline and for something to talk about. So I really don't know why she would be that mad or insecure about whoever he's following because at the end of the day, you know, a follow is one thing, but if you have a faithful husband, you have nothing to worry about. So, I mean, you know, Nikki got into it. I hope this does open the door for more celebrity hosts, but I hope they're like Nikki. I hope they're knowledgeable, that they're really fans of the show and not somebody who's just there for a check. You know, I hate when the celebrity host comes on and they're like, I don't really watch the show. I'm a fan of you guys. It's like, you can't be hosting if you don't watch the show because you can't get into those little tidbits that the fans want to know about. What's the point of having a, a reunion if you don't have any closure? You know what I mean? 
All right, speaking of closure, <laughs> let's get into this next topic, which involves Sweetie, Lil Baby, Jada Weta, and Quavo, and they're all trending on Twitter right now, and it's not for the reasons that you think. So Hollywood Unlocked broke the fact that Sweetie um, and Lil Baby may possibly be an item after Lil Baby spent over $100,000 on a shopping spree for Sweetie in New York when they were both in New York together. Okay, so Sweetie has been tied um, to Quavo of the Migos previously, and they had that whole, you know, elevator fight video, and it was a whole thing, but, you know, while people said they were talking, since then, they never officially got back together, and I guess it's wraps on that situation between them. Lil Baby and Jada Weta have a baby together, and they have been notorious also to go back and forth, back and forth. So with these rumors of Sweetie and Lil Baby, it looks like Jada, Lil Baby's ex, is now rumored to be dating Quavo, and they're both label mates under the quality control label that's ran by P. You know, they're also over there with City Girls, and, you know, quality control label's pretty heavy. And Quavo made the comment that, they could just switch, you know, they could switch back and forth, you know, between Quavo dating Sweetie and Lil Baby dating Jada to now Little Baby dating Sweetie and Quavo dating Jada. I just, and then Jada liked the post. I really just feel like it's a little messy. And then Quavo's sister, who ha- shares a name with me, her name is also Shara, um, she basically reposted a picture of Jada confirming that she's you know kind of here for him her having a relationship with her brother i i don't know i just think it's so messy and weird i don't know why jada nor sweetie would want to be involved in something like that like if it's legitimate that you guys just ended up you know being the same industry the industry is very small even though it seems big you're always around the same people you're always in the same party so i get it if that's something that came up and then you guys you know became close or you met each other and so it just so happens that somebody you're interested in was also in a relationship with somebody you that was on your label it just it kind of is what it is but to say like it's a switcheroo we can go back and forth and all this stuff I'm like ooh, that's just not a good look for anybody like these people are human beings at the end of the day they're not just like little pawns in your life I don't really like that um I don't know after the um the comment was made by Quavo about the switcheroo or whatever, what have you. Sweetie did go and delete the photo where she was apparently sitting on Lil Baby's lap. Because, you know, the internet detectives did go back and they look at the situation and it does look like the shoes and pants that Lil Baby had on that day were the same shoes and pants of the man that Sweetie was sitting on. She thought she was slick by just cropping out his face. But, girl, you know you gotta be quicker than that. <laughs> These people will put the pieces together faster than anything you've ever seen in your life. You've got to be quicker than that. So she's deleted that photo since then and um, just left the rest of the post up. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. They need to all just find new people. Don't be weird about it. You know what I mean? Like all these people in the world to date, you guys are all famous, beautiful, successful. Go find girlfriends and boyfriends that aren't like this weird wife swap thing that y'all got going on right now. All right, let's move to the next topic. Unfortunately, Virgil um, of Louis Vuitton and Off-White has lost his private battle with cancer. 
Um, he was influential in these um, fashion houses, Louis Vuitton and Off-White. He was also the creative director of Kanye's latest project, Donda, and a plethora of other things. He helped design a t-shirt for um, DMX when he passed and all the proceeds went to his children. He's just, you know, he does a lot in the industry, especially in the fashion world. If you're really into the fashion world and stuff like that, you would know he's one of the few um black voices in that industry and just to kind of go through a private battle with cancer and not really let anybody know similar to Chadwick Boseman it's just so sad to see someone die suddenly especially when they kind of just suffered in silence and nobody really knew what they were going through so we just wish his family and friends um the most peace in the world and comfort positive thoughts at this time um as they grieve this huge loss um, that we all have to face, a huge loss in creativity, um, positivity. He was always doing pro bono and charity projects. He was always lending his talent to people, um, especially the less fortunate. So we just want to keep them lifted up in prayer and just that we're thinking about them and how hard it is to lose somebody who was so young. All right, and we're going to go into the last topic. Um, Fallon had her baby. So we earlier reported that Fallon Pena and her boyfriend at the time, now fiance, Jalen Banks, uh, were pregnant and they were having a little girl. Now, it looks like that the baby was just born a couple days ago. So people started calculating and... When Fallon got up there and did that interview with T Talk with um T Talk oh my goodness with Up and Adam we are T Talk <laughs> when she did that interview with Adam she basically disclosed the fact that you know she had been hurt by Simon Simon had hurt her that you know her and Jalen had just been friends and at the time of that video based on the birth of her daughter she was already two to three months pregnant. Um, you know, like, I mean, this is basically what Simon had been saying that the relationship between the two of them was not platonic. And that's why he felt comfortable moving ahead with Portia's relationship. But then literally the day that Fallon gave birth, Portia premiered her new show, Portia Family Matters, where Dennis, um, talks about how he spent December, 2020 with Portia and their families and she asked him for the ring back only for five or four and a half months later to be engaged to somebody else so however you slice it the timeline is very tight a lot caused a lot of people to speculate that Portia was still was in communication with Simon and in a relationship with Simon way before his divorce was finalized or that he even filed for divorce so I just think that this show is making the situation even more messy than it was uh, previously, but I'm glad, you know, Portia gets to have her show and stuff, but I just feel like this is maybe one that she could have skipped in lieu of all this new information. It just seems like maybe it wasn't the best thing for everybody to keep her visiting the timelines, if you know what I mean. Um, but we'll see, we'll see how the show continues to go on. Her family's roasting her ex-husband, ex-fiance is roasting her. And then you have Fallon having her baby. So 
Simon's not coming out in the best light. He's coming out to kind of be controlling and an unappealing partner. It's just not the reality show that um, I thought that it would be or that Portia would want to put on display, if that makes sense. Um, but as always, let me know in the comments what you guys think about these topics. I love hearing your opinions on these topics. And stay tuned for our sports report. Hello, hello, hello out there, and welcome to the Sports Update with J-Rob. Today I'll be covering week 12 of the NFL, so let's get started. The Chicago Bears beat the Detroit Lions. Bears wide receiver Darnell Mooney had five receptions for 123 yards. The Buffalo Bills blew out the New Orleans Saints. The Bills defense held the Saints offense to just 190 total yards. The Las Vegas Raiders defeated the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys committed 14 penalties that cost them 166 yards. The Miami Dolphins beat the Carolina Panthers. The Dolphins wide receiver Jalen Waddle had 9 receptions for 137 yards and 1 touchdown. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeated the Indianapolis Colts. Buccaneers running back Leonard Fournette had 17 carries for 100 yards and 3 touchdowns. The Cincinnati Bengals blew out the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Bengals were up 31-3 at the half and cruised to victory. The New England Patriots defeated the Tennessee Titans. Patriots quarterback Mac Jones passed for 310 yards and 2 touchdowns. The New York Jets beat the Houston Texans. The Jets defense shut out the Texans in the second half. The Atlanta Falcons defeated the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Falcons were able to break their two-game losing streak. The New York Giants beat the Philadelphia Eagles. The Giants defense forced four turnovers in this NFC East battle. The Denver Broncos beat the Los Angeles Chargers. Broncos cornerback Patrick Sertain had four tackles and two interceptions the san francisco 49ers defeated the minnesota vikings 49ers running back elijah mitchell had 27 carries for 133 yards and one touchdown the green bay packers beat the los angeles rams packers quarterback aaron Rodgers passed for 307 yards and two touchdowns the Baltimore Ravens defeated the Cleveland Browns. The Ravens won this game despite their quarterback, Lamar Jackson, throwing four interceptions. And the Washington football team beat the Seattle Seahawks. Washington defended their home field and improved to a record of 5-6. and six. And this has been the Sports Update with J-Rob. Have an awesome week. Okay, T-Crew, let's get into my favorite part of the podcast, the deep dive. And today we're talking about surviving Sophia, hashtag surviving Sophia. What is it? What happened? Let's get into the details. How were different individuals scammed? So first of all, this is basically the story of how one woman scammed multiple influencers, hotels, and brands out of $11 million over the span of two and a half years. So Sophia Nur is basically an all around 
aspiring influencer who was able to scam all this money. Now we're going to go through it scam by scam and kind of hit on her biggest scams. So, so to speak. So the first one, um, Sophia actually met her first or one of her first victims on the Hollywood walk of fame. Um, she basically just told this person a sob story about needing money for a funeral. This person was extremely generous and they started a GoFundMe page for Sophia on that GoFundMe page. She raised over $4,000. It was later discovered that that person was indeed alive and there was no funeral to be paid for because that person was not deceased and Sophia pocketed over $4,000 worth of money. Now, in the grand scheme of things of what she would scam later, this is a smaller scam, but it is still a significant amount of money. I mean, if you put anything towards a GoFundMe, you're always thinking of that person and what they're going through and how much, you know, that you think that this money will help them and things like that. So when you get scammed out of something like that, it is very, very damaging to your psyche because it does make you feel like you should never extend it or do something like out of the kindness of your heart again because it's not going to a reputable place. So that was the first $4,000 that she scammed. Then um, Sophia posed as the assistant for Jeff Wittick. Now, Jeff Wittick is a YouTube personality. He used to be affiliated with the Vlog Squad, which is David Dobrik and those people. And basically they have a really big presence on YouTube. Um, if you don't know them. So she posed as his assistant who was living in his building. She said in exchange for working on his products, editing his photos, doing his PR, um, that she was living in his building for free. And this is part of how she got into some of the inner circles that she was into and how she was able to scam so many influencers. So basically the way that these circles and influencers work is that everyone is trying to get to that next level of celebrity and stardom. And basically like the name suggests influence, right? So when they see, uh, Sophia with people like, you know, at Drake's birthday party or surrounded by Jeff Wittick or Maggie or Camille or, you know, Ricky or Denzel or any of the influencers that she scammed, the more that she's around these people, the more that other influencers trust her and think that she is actually legit and reputable because she's around all these other people. So they're basically just adding to their own demise in this situation. So one of the main things that came up between Jeff Wittick, Maggie, and Sophia. Um, Sophia, you know, claimed to be working for Jeff, living with Jeff, and this helped her to start a friendship with another influencer named Maggie. Now, Maggie um, and her were in Vegas, and Sophia called her and said, you know, something happened to me, something terrible. I'm not going to go into what she alleged, but she alleged something very terrible in which she would have to get out of Vegas immediately. Maggie wasn't able to help her, but she knew that since she was affiliated with Jeff, she would call Jeff and see what he could do about the situation. I guess everything happened late at night. Jeff literally just gave Sophia his credit card number for her to book a flight. Now, later it was confirmed by Jeff that he did not know Sophia at all and that he really just gave her his credit card number off of the strength of her being friends with Maggie and the nature of the story that she told 
him and Maggie and it was something pretty bad. So basically, you know, it's a desperate situation. It's late at night. Jeff just gives Sophia the credit card. She books a flight out of Vegas back to LA and Maggie is thinking that she did something for a friend, but it it turns out that the situation may have been fabricated just for uh, Sophia to be able to get out of Vegas because, you know, she didn't really have any money. So everything that she did was scamming from this person, scamming from Peter to pay Paul. She promised to pay people back. And so she needed money for that. And so she was always needing another stream of income to keep her scam afloat. The next people that she scammed, the hotels and the brands. So you might think, how does she stay at these luxury hotels? Because staying at these luxury hotels and four-star suites, that also helps to add to your persona to make people think that you're an influencer with tons of money and tons of success. So she provided fake wire information. Now, wire information is similar to when you swipe your card, your debit, credit card, whatever, but it actually goes um, from one bank account to another. So the hotel has wire information. If you have a lot of money that you want to send to the hotel, you might not have it in a card or an account that you can pull it from. So oftentimes these really fancy hotels will accept wire information because if you're trying to spend, you know, a thousand dollars a night on a penthouse room, you might not have a credit card that you want to put $10,000 on, but you might just want to wire $10,000 straight from your account. So she gave them fake wire information, which takes a while to kind of validate and it gives her time to spend at the hotel for free while they're validating that information. So that's how she was able to bounce from hotel to hotel with fake wire information. By the time they confirmed it, she was either gone and they were looking for their money or, you know, they asked her to leave once they weren't able to get the wire, the money from the wire, and she wasn't able to pay any other way. So she was able to stay at hotels for free, basically giving them fake wire information and then running off on the bill. And the times that she was asked to leave, it was always a mix up on their end. Jeff didn't send me the money or she would get other influencers to pay for the hotels and the rooms and just tell them that she was going to pay them back and just never pay them back. Um, she also swiped VIP VMA passes. After being denied entry through the normal influencer entrance, she then went, um, I guess like she was leaving and then she saw some passes and then it was, you know, rumored later that passes were stolen and something like that also happened at Rolling Loud where she was able to get passes because a bunch of passes were left because she's getting, the thing is that she's with these influencers that people are knowing and that they have this, this face, this star power. She gets close enough to the back where she can then see where the passes are, where security is, and then she can kind of finagle her way through these spaces. And again, the more she's seen in these spaces, the more people think that she's supposed to be there. So it keeps adding and adding to the drama. So then um, the way she scammed Ricky Thompson and Denzel Dion, they were, you know, being affiliated with other people that they had seen her around. They thought, you know, she's an influencer as well. And she claimed to be pregnant by Jack Harlow and working for Jeff, but it was thankless and he didn't really see her talent and her creativity. So they kind of bonded over these things and they were kind of feeling a little sorry for her. 
and her money situation and stuff. And they were just thinking, oh, Jeff's being cheap. He's not paying her. So she doesn't have the money, you know, to buy A, B, and C. So I'll just buy it for her and she'll pay me back. And, you know, the whole time the money never comes, right? So then they're just walking around being scammed by her and the situation. And so just like ultimately many influencers and brands were scammed by her because she was a confidence woman. She's a con woman. She was able to get you to believe what she wanted you to believe. And then once you believe that narrative, she would just go ahead and push it and push it um, from then on. So the hashtag surviving Sophia came up because now finally all these different creators and people got in the same space and they were talking about how they knew her, how she knew them, how they were finally able to put the pieces together that, you know, she had been scamming so many different groups at the same time and that these groups were all influencers, but they didn't really talk to each other. They didn't really hang out with each other. So it was easy for her to be able to come in and scam them because they had no idea of the whereabouts of the other people. And, um, after all of this broke, she deactivated her Twitter account and her Instagram account. Um, there's still some pictures floating around of what people say to be her. There's actually pictures of her um, at different events and parties that she had gotten into with other influencers. And so, you know, she was able to make out with a cool $11 million. There are no criminal cases opened right now, but I'm assuming that the hotel's and the other brands that she scammed are going to try to come after her legally to try to recoup some of the money, you know, that was spent. The influencers, you know, people don't feel bad for the influencers because in a way they were just clout chasing as she was to get into the best parties and know all the right people and try to build your brand up more and more to be more and more famous. So they, they would do this over and over if it would mean, you know, being more famous and getting more clout. So at the end of the day, nobody feels bad for them for that. But I always have a little space in my heart for people that are scammed financially. I know people think, Oh, we make, make money, especially if you're rich. But when you work hard for something and it's yours and you end up getting scammed out of it, it is something that is very hurtful that, you know, people may not understand, but it is hurtful to that person because it's hard to make money in some cases, you know, you really have to work for it and they've all built their brands. Most people from scratch of, you know, one or two subscribers to now thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of subscribers. And it is a job and it does take work. So it is a living, whether people think, you know, it's easy or not. And she got away with all this stuff. Now, some people on Twitter reacted and said they want her to teach a course. Um, they call her a scam queen, you know, <laughs> they just didn't see it as a problem. But for all the regular people that she scammed and the celebrities that she scammed, it's just, you know, it's not a good feeling to feel like you're being taken advantage of no matter who you are. And so for that, you know, I think she really needs to work on that and work on herself as we all do, but just kind of coming to grips with that. And I'll keep you guys posted if any other criminal charges or civil charges take place. Thank you for listening. And now stay tuned for our outro comments. All right, T crew, this is my least favorite part of the podcast where I have to say goodbye to you. I just want to thank you guys all um, for sharing, listening to the podcast, engaging in our polls and 
our sliders and everything else that we do to promote the podcast and build our brand. Um, I appreciate each and every one of you for doing that. As always, arrest the cops that killed Brianna Taylor. We won't stop until she has the justice that she deserves. Have a beautiful day or night wherever you are. And I love you for listening. Bye.